Greetings, this is Dr. Gwen. Today is Friday, July 22nd. Um, the first report, I, you know, it seems like I focus a lot on weight, um, but, you know, as we know, that is becoming a crisis in America. Um, this one actually comes out of still counting calories. It comes out of, the, excuse me, out of the New York Times and talks about that, that, that your weight loss plan may be outdated. And we know there's 10 million ways that people propose to lose weight, but I wanted to share this one with you. Um, and it's no secret that Americans are fatter today than ever before, and not just those unlike, unlucky people who are genetically inclined to gain weight or have been overweight all their lives. Many who were lean as young adults have put on lots of unhealthy pounds as they go into middle age and beyond, and we're also seeing it in children. In fact, I read a report yesterday that, talked, uh, that there's one pediatrician is proposing that kids be removed from the home if they are um, quite obese uh, and considered a, a form of child endangerment. Now, to me, that's a little frightening. It's no secret that the long-recommended advice to eat less and exercise more has done little to curb the inexorable rise in weight. No one likes to feel deprived or leave the table hungry. And the notion that one generally must eat less to control body weight really doesn't cut it for typical Americans. So the newest finding on what specific foods people should eat less often and more importantly, more often to keep from gaining pounds is should be of great interest to Americans. The new research, <clears throat> and this is, you know, uh, building on the Harvard study that I reported on before. Um, is by five nutrition and public health experts at Harvard is by far the most detailed long-term analysis of the factors that influence weight gain. And it had 120,877 well-educated men and women who were healthy and not obese at the start of the study. In addition to diet, it has important things to say about exercise, sleep, television watching, smoking, as well as alcohol intake. And this was part of the nurses study, the nurses health study too, and the health professionals follow-up study. And these people were followed for 12 to 20 years. Every two years, these people completed um, detailed questionnaires about their eating and other habits and current weight. And the results were published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And the analysis looked at an array of factors that as how it influences weight gain or loss during each four-year period of the study. And the average participant gained 3.35 pounds every year for a total weight gain of 16.8 pounds over 20 years. And it showed that the conventional wisdom is to eat everything in moderation, eat fewer calories, avoid fatty foods may not be the best approach. What you eat makes quite a difference. Just counting calories doesn't matter unless you look at the type of calories you're eating. So that is a, a very new um, perspective. We always, for a long time, we've been, uh, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of, uh, suggesting that the calories in equals calories out. So this one is challenging that assumption and talking about that we need to think about the value of the calories and what those are. Um, the food industry's claim that there's no such thing as a bad food is also a something we need to look at. There are good foods and bad foods, and the advice should be to eat the good foods more and the bad foods less. So it's, you know, it's what, it's the gasoline. It's what you put in your body. The notion that it's okay to eat everything in moderation is just an excuse to eat whatever you want. The study showed that physical activity had the expected benefits for weight control. 
Those who exercised less over the course of the study tended to gain weight, while those who increased their activity didn't. Those with the greatest increase in physical activity gained 1.76 fewer pounds than the remainder of the people over the four-year period. But the researchers also found that the kinds of food people ate had a large effect overall more than changes in physical activity. Both physical activity and diet are important to weight control, but if you are fairly active and ignore diet, you can still gain weight. So see, it's, it's a combination of, of physical activity as well as diet. And they concluded that physical activity in the U.S. is poor, but diet is even worse. And people don't become overweight overnight. Rather, the pounds creep up slowly, often unnoticed, until one day nothing in the closet fits the way it did. Even more important than its effect on looks and wardrobe, the gradual weight gain harms health. At least six prior studies have found that rising weight increases the risk in women of heart disease, diabetes, stroke, breast cancer, and the risk in men of heart, di heart disease and diabetes. The beauty of the new study is its ability to show, based on real-life experience, how small changes in eating, exercise, and other habits can result in large changes in body weight over the years. On average, the participants gained a pound a year, which added up to 20 pounds in 20 years. So kind of think of it that way. So when you're 20 years old, if you weigh 120, by the time you're 40, you'll weigh 140 and, and going on up. Some gained more. Some gained as much as four pounds a year, while a few managed to stay the same or even lose weight. Participants who were overweight at the study start tended to gain the most weight, which seriously raised their risk of obesity-related disease. People who are already overweight have to be careful about what they eat. I think you have to think of it as a medical disorder. Obesity will kill you. The the uh, metaphor or, or what I get people to try to visualize is just walk around a nursing home in America. Tell me how many fat people you see. You're not going to see many because if you think of this as evolution and Darwinian theory, the we have weeded them out because of survivability. The foods that contributed to the weight, greatest weight gain were not surprising. French fries led the list. Increased consumption of this food alone was linked to an average weight gain of 3.4 pounds in each four-year period. Other contributors, potato chips, sugar-sweetened drinks, red meats and processed meats, other forms of potatoes, sweets and desserts, refined grains and other fried foods, 100% fruit juice. Isn't that interesting? Because it's, it's a high sugar. And butter. Also not too surprising were most of the foods that resulted in weight loss or no gain when consumed in greater amounts during the study. Fruits, the natural fruit, vegetables, and whole grains. Compared with those who gained the most weight, participants in the nurse's health study who lost weight consumed 3.1 more servings of vegetables each day. We used to have a parrot and I often thought we should eat like he does. Uh, he eats nuts, he loves he loved whole grain crackers, as well as vegetables. <clears throat> but contrary to what many people believe, an increased intake of dairy products, whether low-fat milk or full-fat milk and cheese, had a neutral effect on weight. And despite conventional advice to eat less fat, weight loss was greatest among people, isn't this interesting? Greatest among people who ate more yogurt and nuts, including peanut butter, over each four-year period. Nuts are high in vegetable fat, and previous studies have shown that eating peanut butter can help people lose weight and keep it off, probably because it slows the return of hunger. 
that yogurt, among all foods, was the most strongly linked to weight loss was the study's most surprising dietary finding. Participants who ate more yogurt lost an average of 0.82 pounds every four years. Yogurt contains healthful bacteria that in animal studies increase production of intestinal hormones that enhance satiety, uh, which is your hunger uh, mechanism, and decrease hunger. Or not your, excuse me, satiety is not your hunger mechanism. That is your sense of feeling full. The bacteria may also raise the body's metabolic rate, making weight control easier. But consistent with the new findings, metabolic, met, metabolism takes a hit from refined carbohydrates. Sugars and starches stripped of their fiber like white flour is really bad for you. The effects of refined carbohydrates with the effects of whole grain in both animals and people um, determines how many calories are used at rest, slowed with the consumption of refined grains, but stayed the same after consumption of whole grains. And then some of the other influences, which has you know, been reported in other research, how long people slept each night influenced their weight gain. In general, people who slept less than six hours or more than eight hours a night tended to gain the most. Among possible explanations are effects of short nights on satiety hormones, as well as an opportunity to eat more while awake. And the body in stress will tend to eat more. He was not surprised, uh, the researcher was not surprised by the finding that the more television people watch, the more weight they gain, most likely because they are influenced by a barrage of food ads and snack in front of the TV, as well as they're sitting more. Alcohol intake and an interesting relationship to weight changes. No significant effect was found among those who increased their intake to one glass of wine a day but increases in other forms of alcohol were likely to bring added pounds. As expected, changes in smoking habits also influenced weight changes. Compared with people who never smoked, those who had quit smoking within the previous four years gained an average of five pounds. Subsequent weight loss was minimal, so stop smoking now. Those who continue smoking um, did tend to lose a little bit of weight, but you know, what do you want? Do you want to have lung cancer? I mean, there's so many bad things related to smoking. So I think that's, you know, that is just something that study has been very helpful in our understanding of what are the benefits of the types of food we eat and challenging the, the assumptions of uh, eating in moderation is, is fine, which it is not. And that builds, leads me into the next research report, which is also focusing on weight and the impact weight has on hormones that raise uh, your risk for breast cancer for women. Weight has the strongest effect on the sex hormones that increase breast cancer risk in postmenopausal women. And this is actually coming from a report that was in the British Journal of Cancer um, this past week. Alcohol followed by cigarettes are the next factors that appear to have a strong effect on hormone levels. Um, and their studies show that changes in hormone levels might explain the association of established risk factors such as obesity with breast cancer risk. And the researchers explained that while other studies have already suggested weight and alcohol are strong influences of hormone level, this study confirms that this is indeed the case and also reveals some new insights. Um, women's bodies make their sex hormones in the ovaries, the adrenal glands, and also in fat tissue. And women with the highest level of estrogen and related hormones have more than double the average risk of breast cancer. And keep in mind that estrogen is stored in fat tissue. <clears throat> um, 
Men also have a risk of breast cancer, but it, it, but it is more rare than in women. In this study, they uh, pooled and analyzed data on nearly 6,300 postmenopausal women who took part in 13 different studies to examine how levels of sex hormones known to affect the risk of de developing breast cancer varied. And their analysis, they looked at estradiol, free estradiol, estrone, um, androtenedone, testosterone, and free testosterone. They also examined levels of DHEAS and the sex hormone binding globulin, SBHG, excuse me, SHBG. The factors they analyzed as potential drivers of hormone levels were age, whether menopause was brought on naturally or by surgery in which the ovaries were removed, BMI or body mass index, smoking, alcohol, and reproductive factors such as age at menarche, which is when a woman starts having her periods, and age at their first full-term pregnancy. And they found BMI, the um, body mass index, had the strongest influence on sex hormone levels and on estrogens in particular. And they, they've, you know, which we've heard before, but this just is validating that research. This may be why postmenopausal obese women have the highest risk of developing breast cancer. They also found that women who drank 20 grams or more of alcohol on a daily uh, basis, that is about 2.5 units, had higher levels of all the hormones they examined. A large 250 milliliter glass of wine, um, and that's about, you know, think of a, a cup of wine, can, is, uh, is, is 24G of alcohol. This may explain why regular drinkers have a higher risk of breast cancer. The results also show that women who smoke 15 or more cigarettes a day had moderately higher levels of all hormones compared to non-smokers, with testosterone showing the biggest difference. Hormone concentrations were not strongly related to age at menarche, parity, age at first uh, full-term pregnancy or family history of breast cancer. So the researchers finally concluded that sex hormone concentrations were strongly associated with several established or suspected risk factors for breast cancer and may mediate the effects of these factors on breast cancer risk. So we, we already know that family history and age are risk factors, and those are things we can't change, but there are things you can change, and that's your alcohol intake, your smoking, as well as your weight. Maintaining a healthy body weight and reducing alcohol consumption are key to reducing your breast cancer risk. That's all I have for now. This is Dr. Gwen. So eat right and stay healthy and take good care of yourself. Bye now.